the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, we begin a three-CD series called The Road to Redemption. Times of Refreshing, up next. Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. With today's broadcast and throughout the rest of this week, we'll be taking a look at a three-CD set called The Road to Redemption. The text can be found here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5-9. through 9. Familiar passage for many. I plant, others water, God gives the increase... That's the focus of our time today, the planting of the Word of God for the purpose of redemption. Here now is Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. As a church, we have to do a a better job. And a better job in terms of our mandate to go out and see people who do not know the Lord come to Christ. It It is imperative that we understand the power of the gospel, and what our our real mandate is all about. Now, we're called to first and foremost minister to the Lord. Every church is called to minister to the Lord. The next step is we are called to minister to each other. We are called to minister to each other. But then last but not the least is we're called to minister to a dying world, people who do not know Christ in hopes that they would come to know Christ. So we want to do a good job of ministering to the Lord. And I think our church does a good job. I mean, we worship here. We praise God. Our mindset is glorifying God. Our heart is to glorify God. Number two, we want to minister to each other. I mean, we prophesy. We're laying hands. We're ministering. We're serving people. I think we're doing a pretty good job. But one area that I think the church just globally, and especially in the United States, and especially here in the in the Tri-Valley area, is we have to do a better job of going out to try to minister to people who do not know Christ. Most of the church growth that you see taking place in the Bay Area and in the Tri-Valley area is just people coming from one church and going to another church. That's not church growth. That's church transfer. It's like going from checking to savings. I need some new money coming in. Amen? Well, as a church, the mindset has to be, and that's, there's nothing wrong with it. I understand that's part of it. But we have to do a better job of getting out into the highways and byways and compelling people to come because the devil is killing people. And it's our job to be that force in the earth that provides another option for people. Okay, And so this is the mindset we have to have. We have to become more evangelistic, and we have to start thinking evangelistically when it comes to what we're called to do here. And you know, we talk about this, we talk about this, but I'm going to keep talking about it until we put a dent in this thing in the community. 
God has given us influence for the sake of touching people. And I want you to see this here in 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 3, verses 5 on down to 9. I have three messages that I'm going to be preaching today. And really, this is going to be a series of messages entitled, The Road to Redemption. Look what it says in verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are, are, are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. And then he says this, for we are God's fellow workers... You are God's field. He says, you are God's building. He says in verse 6, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And this is what I want to talk to you guys about. The first service, I'm going to talk to you guys about planting. The second service, I want to talk about watering. But then the third service, I'm going to talk about how Salvation is still a supernatural act. God ultimately has to give the increase. Amen? So let's talk a little bit about this. Let's, let's look here. Apostle Paul's mindset was very clear. He understood that he was not an island to himself. And that in fact, that there was a process to seeing people come to Christ. He realized that people weren't coming to Christ solely on the basis of what he was doing, but that there was others that were partnering with him, and then ultimately God was the one who got all the glory because he, he got the increase. He's the one who gave the increase. And so this was the mindset of Apostle Paul when he went in the cities, when he went in the territories, when he went in the regions, when he went into people's houses. He understood that he had a mandate from the Lord to go forth and to plant or to water in every single situation that he was in. And you see this in his ministry. He, he did this so well that people would rise up against him. And in some cases, they would drive him out of the city because he was having so much of an effect on that particular city or region. And I think this is the kind of mindset that we have to develop apostolically. And I was saying this in the Wednesday night Bible study. We have to see ourselves, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we have to see ourselves as ambassadors for Christ. As though Christ or God was, was speaking through us, be reconciled to God. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And God pleads through us to people, be reconciled to God. He had this mindset, Apostle Paul did. But we have to also see, and this is what I brought up in, in, on Wednesday night, we have to also see the church as an embassy for Christ. We have to see ourselves as ambassadors, and we have to see the church as an embassy for Christ. When I go to different countries to go there to preach, one of the things that I realize is when I see the American embassy there or a consulate or whatever you want to call it, you see... You see these buildings here, and this is a sovereign piece of land in a sovereign building in a foreign country that belongs to the United States of America. 
And everything that embassy needs in that country, the United States of America provides for it. And not only that, there, as an ambassador, you have received or we have received or Condoleezza Rice has received or these in Hillary Clinton has received authority and power to speak on behalf of the sender. Never forget that you have authority and power to speak on behalf of your sender, who is Jesus Christ. And being a part of a church isn't just being a part of a social club. We got to get delivered from this social club mentality in the church. Amen. This is not a social club. If you want just a social club, go sign up at the golf club or the bocce ball or I don't know. There is a social aspect to what we do as a church. But realize the church is an extension of the kingdom of God. And we are in the world, but we are not of the what? Of the world. And we have an assignment from God. Apostle Paul, he understood this. And so he says here, he says, Who then is Paul, who was Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each? He says, I planted. I planted. He says, Another waters God gives the increase. But he realized that I have a job as an ambassador for Christ to go forth and to plant. And to plant. To plant here in the Greek, it means to put into something in order to grow, in order that it might grow. It means to set into something. Okay? It says to put into something in order to grow and to set something into something. Now, realize we have to understand what truly causes people to be born again is not our personality. It's not how eloquent we sound. It's not how we dressed that day. It's not how deep and profound we can be. What causes people to be to get born again ultimately is the release of God's word. You're planting, not your denomination, not your affiliation, not your favorite, you know, preference towards whatever. What causes God to move is when the word of God is being planted, is being put into, and we're going to see this, into people's hearts. It's being set in there in hopes that they may come to know God in hopes that somebody else would come behind you to water what you've planted or set in someone's heart. And then ultimately God would give the increase to it. Amen? Let's take a look at this. Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Let's look at verse 13 on down to 20. Now, we're going to read this. I don't want to play as much attention to the soils as I do what is being put into the soil. Jesus gives the parable of the sower and he begins to talk about the different conditions of the hearts or the different kinds of soil that are presented. And in verse 13, 
we pick this up as they're still confused about what the, the parable that they just received. It says in verse 13, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the what? Come on, say it again. The what? This is key. This is key. The sower sows the word. Apostle Paul said, I planted. What did he plant? He planted the word. And it's so important that we get this in our minds as we're dealing with each other and as we're getting ready to impact people who do not know Christ. The key is, is if I can get the word of God in a person, then I've got a chance to see someone else water it and then ultimately God give the increase. One of the major problems that we make in Christianity when we're sharing our faith is we don't get around to sharing the word until sometimes we've already won them with our trinkets and toys. What I mean by that is, is this. Let me say this to you, saints. And I've said it before in this church. Many of you heard me say this. Whatever you win a person with, you got to keep them with it. Whatever you win a person with, you got to keep them with it. And you can get somebody to come to church and really not uh, get a person or, or see a person experience conversion. You can get someone to come to church and really never see them get converted. Because if I just win a person, just come to church. God loves you. Just come to church. We have a good time. Music is, woo, they rocking. And oh my goodness, they'll, they'll, any, you got any bills, they'll take care of everything. Just come to church. It's a wonderful time. I know you're sinning. I know you messed up, but praise the Lord. He'll forgive you. Come on. It's nothing, nothing to it but just to do it. If we could just get you in. And so what happens is people, they think that that's salvation. That I, I acknowledge God. I'm conscious of him now. I wear a chain across and I talk about Jesus every now and then. So that means that I'm saved. So but what happens is, saints, we have to realize that after a while, if a person comes into an environment where the word of God is being preached, over a period of time, a person can lose an appetite for the word because they didn't get saved or come to church on the word. They came because, come to church. Saints, we have to realize in Paul's mind, the most valuable thing that he possessed was the Word of God. And it was the planting of the Word of God that was going to cause the great effect in a person's life, not just being nice to them, not just telling them how great they are, not just saying how much God loves them, but sitting a person down and really allowing the Word of God through you to make an impact and to sow seeds in a person's life. This is important for us. You know, nowadays we don't sit down and really talk people through what salvation really means. We just say, well, you know, come to church. But we don't sit down and say, well, let me, let me share, share with you. Before you decide to get saved, let me tell you what this is going to mean. Let me, let me tell you what you're really getting in. So you make a knowledgeable decision here because the devil is not going to like what you're getting ready to do. 
Now, we're not scared of that, but we, but we don't take time to let a person just really get into the Word to see, you know, what, what this is all about. Get the Word in you so you can get it in people as you're communicating with them. People need to hear. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be nice and loving and kind. And we need to do those things. But saints, the Bible says very clearly here that the sower sowed what? The sower sows the word. A good planter is someone that is willing to sow the word. Now, we understand there's different kind of conditions of hearts. Look what it says here in verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word which was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure it only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are those sown among thorns. Are the, the, uh, sown among thorns, they are the ones who hear what? The word. And the cares of this world, the deceitful bits of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke what? The word. He says, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear what? We sow the word. We sow the word. We find opportunity to give people the word. And when we give people the word, what happens? Now we can begin to see a person start this journey on the road to redemption. I don't want to have a church where we have people just coming to church. We need conversions. There's only one way to see conversions take place and to see redemption hit a person's life. And that is we got to start by giving them a a healthy dose of the Word of God. That they value the Word. That they value the Word. You win them on the Word, and then, the, and then all of a sudden they don't, they don't get finicky when you're preaching the Word of God. They don't turn away from it because this is the only thing they know is the Word of God. When the Word of God is being preached, there's a reverence for the Word. There's a sensitivity to the word. There's a, a desire and a longing in a person's heart for the word. There's a, there's a, there's a, I want to say it again, there's a reverence for it. A lot of times when we hear people preaching, and I know this because, you know, I've been doing this for years now. People, you're hearing people preach and, and we, it, 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 I don't like his outfit. I wish she would have done. Why didn't she wear that? Why didn't he, you see how he said that? I don't know. And people, instead of people reverencing the word, people sit back and they're opinionated. I would have said it like that. How come he didn't use a punchline? See, everybody was shouting. How come he didn't run with that? And then you ask him, how many times have you preached? Oh, no, the Lord never, but the Lord is preparing me. The devil is a lie. People sit back and they judge. How come he didn't? Now, if we want to talk content, that's another thing. But a lot of times people, they're sitting there just looking at the delivery. See, John the Baptist wouldn't have helped most of us in this room. We would have saw him in sackcloth and all that stuff, eating wild locusts. We would have ran from John the Baptist. But he had the word. Most of us wouldn't have listened to Paul, Apostle Paul. Most theologians would tell you that he was an ugly, ugly guy that looked bad and he was short. And, he was, and most people would say, who's that? But he had the word in him. 
But what happens is we have to realize, saints, that if we're going to be effective, it's going to take us using the word as a tool to draw people in. Because if we can plant the word in people, then we get people on the road to redemption. This whole parable, a lot of times we focus on the soil, but we don't realize that the key here is the sower is sowing the word. And the word is never the problem. The soil is the problem, but it's never the word. And we want to get people the, the desire and hunger for the, uh, for, for the word of God. Amen? Amen? And so he says this very clearly. Now let me tell you about how, how powerful this is. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Use the word as a tool. Now look at this. 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 22 on down to 25. It says here, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, he says, Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Now look at this. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass, of the grass, the grass withers and its flower fall, falls away. But the word of the Lord endures what? Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached, he says to you. So it tells me that I was born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Understand this. You're born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. And when I say the seed of the Word of God, understand that God's Word is quick and it is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of both soul and spirit, and of the joints and of the marrow, okay? Understand that the, the Word of God is a discerner of the very thoughts and intents of our hearts. When the Word of God goes forth under the inspiration of the Spirit of God and hits the right kind of soil, saints realize that there's life in what's coming out of your mouth. It's alive. And when it gets in a person's heart, it begins to germinate. You know, the Bible says that Christ dwells in your heart by faith. And it all starts with us, somebody coming and breathing the word of God, and it's alive. It's active. Saints, I've learned just to trust the word and allow the word to work. It doesn't... Preaching, yes. When, when we sit up here and we preach... God wants to use our entire being. God wants to use your personality, your experiences, everything you've gone. Because you have certain camps. You have certain camps where they say, Brother Kaufman, just stand up there and you just, just read the Scripture and just break it down and just, that's it. Well, Apostle Paul didn't even do that. Okay, he drew from Old Testament, he drew from this, he used his experience, he talked about his life, he, everything. And this, but we have to realize that some camps say that that's just how you have to do it. But then you have some camps that they don't even preach the word. And if you stand up here and you laugh or something, 
Praise God. God is good. People say, stay in the spirit, brother. The devil is a lie. I, I, I actually had years ago when we first started, I actually had a guy come to me, sit me down. He said, uh, Pastor Kaufman, you know, uh, I, you know I, I like your preaching and everything, but, man, you sure do laugh, you know, a lot when you're preaching. I said, uh, what am I supposed to do, cry? No, I didn't say that to him, but what I'm thinking is, okay, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I'm going to laugh. I don't know about you, but I'm having a good time on my way to heaven. And when I'm preaching, I'm just going to be me. What I wanted to say, brother, you be you and step off mine. Or plant your own church, brother. You can be mean all you want. The devil's going to kill y'all. y'all. You know, that's, what, that's how you want me to preach, man? <laughs> you guys know me. You've been around me. Hey, listen, man, I don't get involved in all that, you know. Listen, I'm going to be me and preach and do my thing. And if people get saved, praise God, you deal with God about that. But at the end of the day, you have these two camps. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.